Welcome to Book Banter with me, your host, Diane Burkhardt. I hope you will join me every Wednesday as we explore all things to do with, well, <laughs> books. Let's get on with our show today. Hello, my happy people. Today is December 14th, 2022, and oh my gosh, Christmas is so close. And honestly, I just feel like I'm getting more and more frazzled <laughs> as the days get darker and it seems like they're so much longer, even though I know they're not. But next week, I am hoping will be a much different story. My bonus daughter, Mary, will be coming for a visit for the holidays and we're going to have so much fun. This will be the first Christmas I get to spend with her. So it will be a great time. We have so much planned. One of the reasons why I'm so frazzled right now is trying to get this podcast done has been a real test of my sanity <laughs> and my ability. First of all, if you watch my TikTok channel, you know I did a promo earlier this week that I was telling that I was going to have best-selling author L.M. Wilson, who writes romance novels, on my show today. She was going to come on for an interview but that did not happen. She had a frightening family emergency that we were not able to work around and decided that we would just postpone it until season two. We're going to pick up season two again in February, the first week of February, and we'll worry about getting her interview done and part of the beginning of season two. I really do want to bring her in. You know, she's a best-selling romance author. She's out of Australia She's just a cool person, and I think you'll really enjoy the interview, but it just, it was not going to happen for today. There was way too much stuff going on with her family, and so think good thoughts for her. If you'd like to support her, go to Amazon, look up Ellen Wilson, buy one of her books. Those kinds of things help, and leave a review. Reviews are important. But anyway, <laughs> I, I tried conning one of my other author friends into stepping in really quick and being on the show, but you know, with this close to Christmas and everybody has their schedules, we couldn't get anything to work out. So I decided that I was just going to have to come up with something different to do for today's episode. And with it being just right before Christmas, I thought, why not a buying guide for the writers in your life? And most of these will work for the reader in your life too. But I've got the top 10 gift suggestions for the writers in your life because we are a unique group, usually, to say the least. And there are some things that would definitely be good for us at the holidays. And I searched online for all kinds of suggestions, and I came up with what I think is the best 10. And there is something in here for every budget, whether you want to go something inexpensive and thoughtful, or something very expensive and thoughtful. <laughs> I have something I have something for everybody. So here we go. The top 10 gifts to get for the writer or even the reader in your life. Number 10, a big comfy hoodie with a cute literary reference on the front. I think I can speak for a lot of my writer friends. We cannot have enough hoodies. <laughs> They're just comfortable. You can be relaxed. You can hang out in your office and write, and they're just fantastic. Number nine, a coffee cup filled with colored highlighters, chocolates, 
chocolate-covered espresso beans or other candies that they like or tea bags or instant coffees of different flavors that they might like. I know for most of my friends who are writers, we live on caffeine and sugar. (laughs) That's not an exaggeration. And that's not everybody, of course. Some people are much more health conscious. But a lot of us do live on coffee, tea, sometimes chocolate, sometimes popcorn. You know, these are great things for authors. And colored highlighters are amazing. I have like a whole collection about every color and pastels that you can think of. And when I go to do edits, I will mark like typos in one color. I will mark something where I want to like reword an area. I'll use a different color for that. So different colors come in very handy because you can use them to make different things that you want to check in your manuscript. Very obvious. And as a reader, Different colors are also handy because you might want to talk to a friend or go to your book club and talk about the book that you just read. And you can use one color to mark things that you loved, one color that you mark things that you hated, one color to talk about. It's like, you know, what do you think they meant by this? Because I'm not sure what I should take from this. So colored highlighters are fantastic. They even have some out now that you can erase with friction. So there's some really cool highlighters out there and they come in very handy. Number eight, this one is a little bit more expensive, but I know when my husband got one for me, I love it. (laughs) And honestly, when he first gave it to me, um, I think it was at my birthday, I kind of opened it up and went, oh, great, thank you. (laughs) But then I tried it and I'm like, oh, great, thank you. (laughs) I'm sure y'all probably wondering, what did he give you? It is a chair cover that has a massager in it. And it is the greatest thing in the world. I will sit down to write and I will completely lose track of time until something happens to pull me out of my own little world I have got going on in my head. And I'll get up to try like walk across the room. And I am so stiff and sore from sitting in one position writing for so long. And Having this massager on my chair is fantastic because it helps me from getting too stiff from sitting for so long. Also, when the timer runs out and it shuts off, it reminds me, okay, it's time to get up and take a break. So it's a fantastic present. You can find them from fairly inexpensive, I mean, not too terribly expensive, to very expensive, depending on how much you want it to do. So look around and find one that fits in your budget if you want to go for this. It is a great thing. I can tell you the first day that I got mine from my husband, put it on the chair. I used it so much that day. I think I actually bruised my back from the shiatsu balls that were rubbing my back. It just, it felt so good. But then I was like sore for two days for using it. I've, I've learned to control myself with it now. Number seven, this one's a little bit more eclectic, but kind of fun. Fingerless writing gloves. I know for my office, it can get cold when there's like a drastic weather change all of a sudden, because we have, we don't have central heating here in Germany. We have radiators in the rooms. So it takes a while. You have to go in and like turn up the radiator and give it a moment to adjust to the new colder temperatures. So if I want to go into my office and work right away, Sometimes it can be chilly and having fingerless writing gloves is really helpful. 
and they have so many cute designs out now. I mean, you can find them from everything from tie-dye to little felt kittens that sit on your, your backs of your hands. I mean, they, they have all kinds of amazing designs on these things now. Number six, coloring books. I am not even kidding. These things are so great, especially when you have writer's block and you're trying to get out of your head for a little while. Coloring books give you a way to use a different part of your brain and help you to refocus what you're trying to do. And if you add that in with like a package of crayons or colored pencils or colored markers, it's just a fun gift and so great for stress relief. It's just amazing. I even bought some for my husband for him to use whenever he's having trouble with his IT building stuff. He's an IT architect. So he's always building computer systems. And sometimes when he's trying to figure out a technical issue, he can get in that circular thinking too. And these Mandela coloring books really helps to get him out of his head and get rid of that circular thinking and help him focus on something else. And then the ideas will start flowing again. They're, they're just really a helpful technique. Number five, get their book cover printed on a coffee mug or the back of a t-shirt and have the words added, ask me about my book. I mean, seriously, this is a great thing. They can go shopping at a bookstore and wear this t-shirt and hopefully somebody will stop them and ask them about their book. It's like, oh, is that really your book? And it'll give them an opportunity to share the information about their own titles. It's also a great thing whenever they're going to book signings. It just gives a little bit more advertising for them. And if you look online, you can actually find these at several places. Fairly inexpensive. I mean, it's amazing how inexpensive you can get these things done nowadays. Number four, reference books. Oh my gosh, I live and die by my reference books. I have books on style. I have books on grammar. I have books on editing. Since I started doing my new crime novels, my thriller, The Touch, I've been getting a lot more crime theory and crime investigative reference books because I have a degree in forensic criminology, but I got that like 20 some years ago. So I've forgotten quite a bit since I haven't actually worked in that field. But the reference books just brings everything back and makes it so much easier for me to get back into that mindset of criminal investigation and what the process is for the different things that you need to do when investigating a crime. And reference books are just fantastic. My husband got me like three for my last birthday. And I just, I think I hugged him for like 20 minutes. Like, yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I even like a really good big dictionary. I know that you can just Google anything anymore to find that out. But I, I like having a book that I can look things up and leave like marker tabs to mark things that I want to use, like words that I found that I think would be good in a book that I want to write and I want to mark these things. So all kinds of reference books are fantastic. Talk to the writer in your life. Ask them what it is that they're always looking up online. Get them a reference book that covers all of that. Number three, a subscription to Writer's Digest. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, a magazine subscription, really? It's like, but Writer's Digest has some amazing information for writers, especially like indie authors, because there's all kinds of writing contests, conventions, different kinds of master classes, things that are really important whenever we're trying to build our careers. They also have a lot of reference books by Writer's Digest. I used to have a complete collection of their reference books. 
They were so incredible. Most of them are still in my parents' house in Kansas. And I do, I keep telling them, do not touch my books. I will bring them over. I will get them out of your house. I promise. <laughs> I am going to bring them all over. But they're just, they're so handy. And if you get their big publishing guides, it tells you who accepts different manuscripts, when they accept them, who to contact, what you need to do. Do you just need to send like a query letter and the first two or three chapters, or do you need to have the whole book finished before you send any information to them? Their publication guides are priceless. Trust me. They have specific ones for like children's book market, for fiction, for nonfiction. I mean, they have like very specific ones that are so thick that just have all kinds of information in them that is fabulous for a writer. Get them one of their publication manuals. It's amazing. Number two, this one could end up getting a little bit pricey, but it would be so, so handy. Get them a professional photo shoot so that they can have headshots, they can have promotional photos. It is incredible as I start to get more attention and more people are coming aware of me and wanting to do interviews and things, people are requesting photos so that they can put it with their articles and other things, you know, the other promotional things that they're doing. And the photos that I have right now are not professional. I mean, I took photography when I was doing my journalism degree, and my husband is a very good photographer, but still nothing can replace having professional lighting, high quality camera work, having somebody who can look at you with that critical eye and say, no, you need to tilt your head this way. You need to look over here. Make sure your shirt is all nice and straight. Make sure that you look your best in that photo. Get them a professional photo shoot and like two or three headshots. And they can always, if they want more, they can always buy more of the photographs. But that would be an amazing gift for almost any indie author, any traditionally published author, Talk to the writer in your life and see if that's something that they would be interested in. Personally, I think that would be a fantastic gift for somebody. I actually have plans this next year to go get a professional photo shoot myself because the requests are coming in for more photos and I want to have photos that really represent me well in a professional manner. I want to build that professional image. So <laughs> like, I don't know if you, you've ever noticed the photo, the logo that I have for the book banter with Diane Burkhart, that's a selfie that I took with my own cell phone. So you can tell it wouldn't be a bad idea for me, me to get some professional photos done. <laughs> okay, number one, this one could be anywhere from like free to maybe like $10, $15, depending on the author that you're going to do this for. But the number one thing that I would suggest you do for an author, for a gift, buy their book, leave a review, take a photo of you with the book and post it on social media somewhere. If you have Facebook, if you have Twitter, if you do TikTok, if you do BookTok, go on social media, hold up the book and say, I bought this book, I read it, I love it you should read it too and leave a link where they can buy the book. That is the best gift that you could give to any indie author that I personally know. Because most of us do not have a budget for advertising. 
the way that our books are known are through word of mouth. We need our friends, our family, our readers to post about our books, to leave reviews. Because whenever you leave a review, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't register in the algorithms if it's a good review or a bad review. It only registers how many reviews there are. And I know specifically on Amazon, if you get more than, I think, 50 reviews on a book, it will pop you up into a different level in the algorithms. My Into the West serial is a historical fiction serial. If somebody goes in and buys another historical fiction book, it will pop my book up in that little tag underneath so that if you bought this, you might also like this. And it will start advertising my books for me to readers of my genre. That is priceless. You cannot imagine what that would do for an indie author's career. Most of the time, you have to get at least 20 books up on your sales platform for sale before you start to see any real return of profit. I've been doing this my first book I published in 2015. I have not made a profit yet. I only have six books out though, and I have no advertising budget. So that's why I started doing TikTok videos. I started doing this podcast. It's my way of getting advertising for me, my work, and also trying to help other indie authors in the process. Because it can be a long, arduous journey for us. Now, it it really kind of depends on the genre too. I think it's a little bit easier for romance because romance is such a huge, popular genre. People buy romance and read through them like, you know, they're eating M&Ms. They just gobble them up. You know, people are always, always, always buying romance. Buying Westerns and historical fiction, not so much. I mean, the people who are into those books are very loyal readers, but they don't devour them in mass numbers the way that people do romance books. So it's a lot harder to break through in like a historical fiction Western genre than it is in mainstream romance just the nature of the beast. But it can be done and many people have done it. If they get readers, if they get support, if they get reviews, if they keep publishing constantly, it'll happen. So if you would like to do something great for the indie author in your life, buy their book, leave a review on Amazon, bn.com, on Goodreads, on Facebook, on Twitter, wherever. Leave a video on Book Talk, on TikTok, and you will be giving them a fantastic gift this holiday. So there you have it, my happy people. My top 10 gift suggestions for the writer, and some of these are great for readers, in your life. I am sorry that I wasn't able to get another interview for you today. I did try and hit up all of my author friends, but it just wasn't going to work. So this was, you know, what I could come up with to give you something to listen to today. And I hope it wasn't too, too much of a disappointment since we didn't get to talk to L.M. Wilson today. But do not worry. We will get her scheduled for season two, which starts the first week of February. Now, next Wednesday is going to be our last show for season one. And I have to tell you, this has been such an amazing season for me. I mean, I went from absolutely knowing nothing about doing a podcast. 
I mean, I did work in broadcast news for a very short while, and I did hard news and features. I mean, so I had done broadcast before, but I've never tried to do my own podcast where I did everything. And I had to buy all the equipment and set up my own sound booth. And that was interesting, to say the least. I still have some work to do on the sound booth. It's not quite soundproofed yet. (laughs) You can still hear neighbors every once in a while. That's when good editing comes in. (laughs) And I'm still working out a few things about how to do some better sound for the person that I'm interviewing. I think I've gotten a pretty good handle on it now. But it's just been such an amazing adventure learning how to do this and getting to have my friends come on and have conversations with them about their books. And I am so looking forward to getting to bring more of them on the show next season. Because I can tell you, I still have so many fantastic author friends that you have not got to meet yet. And I cannot wait to bring them on for you because they're just, they're all incredible, intelligent, talented people. I mean, it just... I am constantly amazed. I just look around. I'm like, how did I get to be friends with these people? They're so cool. (laughs) And I'm like such a dork sometimes. And that's okay. I own it. (laughs) I I am definitely like a sci-fi, Trekkie, video game playing kind of geek. And that's okay. That's me. I own it. (laughs) Now, next week, I'm going to be reading a Christmas story for all of you. It is one that I wrote last year as a thank you to all the people who joined my mailing list, and it's tied into my Into the West Saga serial. If you are not familiar with that, um, please go to my website, BurkhartBooks.com, and check it out. There's a link in the podcast description. The Into the West Saga serial is based on the old orphan trains that they used to use back in like the 1800s when they couldn't find homes for children on the East Coast. They would put them on trains and take them into the West to try and find adoptive homes for them. Some of the children found nice, loving homes. Others did not. I wanted to try and bring this part of history to light because I had actually gotten this idea because a friend of mine, his aunt's mother, had actually come to Kansas on the orphan train. And she told me stories about that. And it really fascinated me. So I went to the orphan train museum in Concordia, Kansas. And if you've never been there, you should take a trip out there at least once. It's fascinating. It is a fascinating part of Kansas history. Trust me. There's just so many personal stories that are housed there and you can learn about them. Some of them just are heartwarming and others are heartbreaking And it's an important part of history that should not be lost. So that's what my story is based on. And it also comes a little bit from personal family history. My father and his sisters spent time in a children's home in Tulsa, Oklahoma when they were children. And I weave in some of the stories that I was told about their experiences there. So it's a very personal storyline for me. And I wanted to write a Christmas story about this that talks about these families overcoming their loss and their heartache to come together with these new orphan trained children that they've adopted and how they all come together and become real families again. That's what I'm going to be reading for you next week. Then we will take the break and come back in February, the first week of February for season two. And I hope to start off big. If I have my way, I'm going to have a fantastic 
fantastic guest for my first show. So be sure to keep up with my social media because I will be doing promos on TikTok whenever I get the interview set and I will let you know what's coming. And until then, I hope you have a fantastic weekend that you join me next week for my last show for season one and that you all have a very wonderful holiday season. And right now, it is that time again for you to all to go forth and please be happy.